0: Welcome to A Wandering Witch Podcast. This is Navier Elora. I'm delighted to see how this podcast is organically taking its own shape and growing in new and joyful ways. We have some features rolling out that I would love to share with you all. The first is the pre-show divination. This feature offers bonus behind the scene photos of the ritual altar that I create before each show, as well as the pre-show divination that takes place with the guests behind the scenes before each show. I will ask for guidance from either the tarot, an oracle deck, a rune or om stave, or maybe even a fairy card. Our intention for this pre-show divination is to receive a deeper mystical insight for the conversation at hand. If you're interested in hearing this reading, as well as receiving other bonus content and special features, such as the artist offerings, and show notes, cruise on down to my Patreon, patreon.com dot com backslash awanderingwitch. The podcast here on my Patreon is $5 a month, and you would be supporting this podcast. I've invited each guest to share an example of their art, whatever it may be, so that I can share it with you all, my patrons. I really want to create a more intimate experience between the listeners and who you all are listening to. Today on Episode 7, our guest is Pacho. He is the producer and background voice at Lighting the Void radio show and podcast featured on the Fringe FM with show host, Joe Roop, one of my personal favorite shows. I wanna give a big warm thanks to Pacho for taking time out of his super busy schedule to talk with us and have some laughs and also discuss some pretty cool topics. I hope you enjoy the show. So welcome everyone to a Wandering Witch podcast episode seven and today we have the amazing Pacho.
1: Hello everybody.
0: He is a gardener living in the Pacific Northwest who likes to dream in both the waking hours as well as at night. It has become a very interesting and creative journey of learning to talk to the dream that we are in and realizing that it likes to talk back. He is also the background voice for the radio program and podcast Lighting the Void, continuously weaving the conversations about this journey we are all on and looks forward to the many more to come. Welcome, Pacho. Super awesome to have you.
1: Thanks for having me, Navi.
0: Yes. And it's been an interesting journey of our kinship because I found you on Instagram and found out that we are both Sagittarius moons in the tropical which was super fun. And I always feel a bit of a camaraderie with other Sagittarius moon folks, the seekers of the Zodiac, for sure. The Archer moons, if you will.
1: Yeah. I can't can't say if I know of any others for sure besides you.
0: Oh, really? I have found some along the way, and they've been... um, I don't know. I, I do see a similarity between us, other Sag moons. And recently I have, and I would love your thoughts on this, but recently I have a, a star app, you know, like look at the night sky kind of app. And.
1: Yeah. And it shows you where the constellations are and stuff.
0: Yeah. Where the planets are and where the constellations are. And, um, I just can't unsee what I'm seeing because the sun is still in the constellation of Cancer. And we're technically in Leo season now, like four days in or something. And so I've been snapping the night sky with the planets in the constellations they're actually in, like sidereal astrology wise, literal. And then going back to what all the astrology info on the tropical side of things say, and it's not right. And I'm having this, I'm having a little bit of a crisis, Pacho, because, you know, this, this, this would make me a Gemini sun. What? Yeah. What is that? (laughs) Did you hear that ding?
1: Huh. Yeah. Sorry. That was my phone, which I'm going to make it not do that.
0: It was so timely though. <laughs> it, was... it was right by the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect.
1: Uh, that's interesting. Do you relate to being a Gemini son at all?
0: Uh, I don't know. I mean, I can see it in the sense that I'm definitely multifaceted and, inquisitive mind and a bit of that jack of all trades maybe not master of any i don't know but i'm definitely um have that sort of mercurial mind but i in the tropical i have a lot of air too so i always chalked it up to that um i don't know i'm having to look at everything again with a different set of eyes I feel like I'm a secret of truth, even inconvenient truth. And having yes. the planets not in those constellations that I'm saying they are by saying, you know, suns in Leo now. And I look at the sky, it's in Cancer. I'm like, no, it's not. Right. <laughs> I can't really rectify it. <laughs> I don't know. I know.
1: That's so interesting. 'Cause we're almost we're almost a week. Are we almost like a week kind of past the cusp?
0: Yeah. I think technically it was the twenty second, supposedly. But okay. um from what I've what I've been hearing, everything is twenty three degrees off. Yeah. Twenty. That's a lot. That's like three quarters of the sign is rotating backwards into the previous sign. Right. So you would be what? You would be an Aquarius. I think so. Depending on what degree your sun's in. Let's
1: see. Well, I'm March. Oh, you're. Yeah, I'm March fifth.
0: Yeah, I think you would. So. I think you'd be an Aquarius. I don't know. It's like I have to rethink everything. Mm -hmm. It's inconvenient and
1: Right. So does that well does that also change all the other ones too? Like your rising sign and the Yeah.
0: It would affect everything depending on the degree. So unless you were like a twenty nine (laughs) degree Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. Twenty seven I think it's twenty three degrees off. So unless you're twenty four or higher of a degree you would be the previous sign. I mean, apparently it's been off for 200 years. And everyone knows this, I guess. And it's just rolling with it. Yeah. Um, I've been, I have a Facebook group called Wandering Witches. Yeah, they're here. And I posed it to the group today. And I said, um, tropical astrology is is lying to us, Change my mind or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and people were weighing in with like, that would make me a Virgo. No way. Or that would make me this. I don't agree with that. And um, one of my friends for many, many years, her partner is... Um, old school, like alchemists. They're all herbalists in that group, um, medicine people and um, wizards and such. My um, family from the Midwest, when I lived there, lucky enough to have maintained good contact with them. And she chimed in and she said that her partner said it's because of the egregore that tropical astrology creates. Are you familiar with that term, egregore? I am familiar. Wikipedia defines egregore as an occult concept representing a thought form or collective group mind, an autonomous psychic entity made up of and influencing the thoughts of a group of people.
1: That's interesting.
0: Yeah. Because so it,
1: it still seems to work because everyone believes in
0: it. Because we believe it? Because... Yeah. Because mass consciousness believes it. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. We believe it in it. And then we find it we find ways to be to make it relatable and to integrate it with ourselves.
0: That's just not (laughs) acceptable to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot. Yeah. I had a migraine for like a day and a half and didn't eat and just slept and slept and woke up this morning and was thinking about the tropical astrology and then saw a few th- few other people talking about it it seems like signs like to come and pound me over the head when I'm having to like digest or look at something and that was top of mind today uh-huh was the tropical astrology okay so one of the topics that we wanted to talk about was psychic connection and that's across animals plants people etc what are your thoughts on that
1: well i have a lot of thoughts about it um sometimes i wonder i wonder a lot of things As an example, I've never met you in person and we've talked on messenger a lot and through Instagram here and there, and you've come on lighting the void a bunch of times, which has been super awesome, but we've never actually met, but yet there's times when I'll be having a super hard day and we haven't talked to each other in a while. And then all of a sudden, I get a message from Navier saying, hi, I was thinking about you, and I hope you're doing okay.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> true.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so, in in some ways, I don't question it at all because I, there's a part of me that understands it completely. But then if I want to question it or play with it i i asked myself i was like okay was she was she picking up on that in kind of her own sort of way or am i broadcasting that out mm-hmm. so speak in a way where people can pick it up but that you happen to be the one who tuned in and responded or is it kind of both
0: could be i feel like we are sharing the experience like the fabric is imprinted with our thoughts and our feelings and we can um connect in as we will with folks maybe that we're in resonance with that's just a thought. I mean, there's times when I'll think of someone I haven't thought of in 20 years and I'll find out that they've died. You know, it's, it's weird. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So, okay. Yeah.
0: I was, I was going to say I've had it, that experience more than once, especially with um, people I knew a long time ago that have passed recently are go ahead i didn't mean to interrupt you Mm
1: -hmm. oh that's okay um so that's that's another example of something that we could say is a type of psychic connection is when people or souls that have have crossed over reach out and in one way or another sometimes we're able to pick up on that yeah Um, and It gives me a lot to wonder about in that sometimes I think about the idea that it's partially because we or I are kind of creating the whole thing to begin with. This life we're in seems very detailed and subjective and stuff but then every once in a while we'll get these little these little glimmers that it might not be exactly what it seems to be
0: yeah i can i can get behind that that's for sure
1: yeah so just as an example something to play with is Am I dreaming you?
0: Here we had some technical difficulties, but what I had to edit out due to a roboting sound or an astral vacuum cleaner, as I like to call it, Pacha was talking about how in the dream time he's heard about not being able to look into someone's eyes as a method to know that you're dreaming.
1: And I think I even heard recently somewhere that that's one of the signs that you're dreaming is that you're actually not supposed to be able to look someone in the eyes.
0: Wow. What happens if you do look at someone in the eyes? in the dream then you're not dreaming you're
1: I see someone looking back I see... I don't know maybe I don't know what that means maybe yeah maybe you're not dreaming or maybe whoever said that just that's their opinion and it doesn't mean anything but uh in my dreams I there's been this I don't know if it's related to what that thing I heard or not but Especially in the really more lucid dreams, where I've almost been a little bit hesitant to try to look someone in the eyes. Maybe because of the fear that I'll I'll know it's just a dream. But every time it's happened, I see a real person looking back Hmm. at
0: me. That's crazy. I just had a dream where i was looking at someone into someone's eyes and it was scary what i saw yeah oh, really i had a dream where i had fallen asleep listening to a podcast <laughs> and and i'm going to tell you sometimes spotify's fall asleep thing doesn't work you have your little timer and for some reason it doesn't always uh-huh turn off. So it was, you know, going and going after the episode was over. And in my quote unquote dream, I was on the back deck where I live in real time or waking time. And there was, this is trippy Pacho. um, There was a young man standing on the deck with me. And I looked out towards the north where we have a, a stand of bananas, a, a banana patch. And just barely over the banana patch was um, a UAP or a saucer flying super low. Okay. I could have thrown a rock at it. It was so close to the top of the bananas and it wasn't very big maybe the size of a car, a little bit bigger, maybe twice the size of a car. And I turned and looked at this young man and he was moving his mouth and it was the podcast coming out of his mouth (sighs) and his eyes. Yeah. And his eyes were like this shimmery, um, well, I know that you're a plant person. Have you ever had an experience where you were around someone who had taken some sacred plant medicines and their eyes look different? Yes. Yeah. Like a silvery uh, glimmer in his eyes. I had been traveling in Guatemala and met up with these other travelers who were from like Guatemala city and Antigua, maybe one of them, but there was a few of them and they were staying at the hostel where I was and they were, they had harvested the Brugmancia, the, um, a form of datura. I think it's called. Yeah. Angels trumpet. Yeah. And I saw them yeah, I know that one. like boiling and steeping it. And I cautioned them against it and said, I don't think it's a good idea. And they said, you know, we're going to do this. And against my advice, they didn't want to listen to me. So later in the night, I had seen them and they were, you know, tripping balls, as they say. (laughs) And um, I can imagine. Yeah. And one of them, there was a few of them, but only one of them kept drinking it way after he probably should have. And at one point I took it from him and said, I can't in good conscience watch you drink this anymore. I was really concerned for him. And his friends were like, yeah, he won't listen to us. I just took it out of his hands and like dumped it out. I didn't care. And then saw him the next morning at the hostel and he had no shoes. And then um, I met up with some of his friends later and they said, we found his backpack just on the road and we picked it up. And then a few weeks later I was in Antigua and had stayed in touch with these fellows. And I said, Oh, I'm going to be in Antigua. Do you want to meet for lunch? And one of them came and they said, um, you know, I went to his house and he was, he never came back. Like the kid was missing still. Like they don't know what happened to him. And they had, they were friends from school. They knew each other for a long time. And he went back to the neighborhood after the Easter week was over. And, you know, was like where so-and-so I have his backpack. And the, the parents were like, he never came home. Do you know where he is? We don't know where he is. And like to that day, they still didn't know where he was. It was, it was creepy. But when I saw him, he had those eyes like that silvery glimmered possessed looking eyes and um, I mean I was studying Spanish never fluent but in that moment I became fluent to scold him (laughs) like tell him (laughs) mama bared him a little bit and told him he needed to get it together and stop abusing the plant medicine because she had taken hold of him and you know, that sort of thing. But I don't know. I always wonder whatever happened to him.
1: Yeah, that's...
0: That's crazy. That's
1: a, that's a that's a heavy thing. Well, I know what you mean about being around somebody who's in a space like that. And when they go there, it's, it's non-discriminatory as to what they're going to be shown. Yes. And sometimes they don't come back. Right. But do, do you think, I'm curious, did that guy's eyes and the UAP in your dream feel connected to each other? Yes. The guy in your dream?
0: Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. But it's interesting about that young man looked familiar to me in my dream and I couldn't place him and a few days later I was telling my friend about the dream I had and how creepy it was that he was speaking and I was hearing the podcast and I woke up because of that that I was like wait this isn't you know and realized I was still listening to the podcast and having this wacko dream um but as I was describing the young man to them, I realized who he was and it's, it's kind of a weird thing. But um, So my mother in this life, when I was four, watched me almost drown to death and didn't help me. She just watched it, like frozen. And it's a whole other story. But I've done a lot of work around that, and I had um, a friend who does past life things also say to me that it was karma, that I watched her as my child drown in a past life. And sometimes when I do past life readings for people, they can see what I'm seeing, and sometimes when I get past life readings done, I can see what they're seeing so I was able to see that lifetime and I saw myself as a mother watching a little boy fall into a well and it was so deep there was no way I could help him he just fell and didn't he was about three or four years old I guess and he just fell and that was it and I remember his face as he was stumbling into the well and me yelling, you know, stop, don't, whatever, you know, and and then that was that. And no matter what I did, I couldn't get him up and that feeling of helplessness and all that. But that little face of his burned in my mind from that past life reading slash vision. And that was the little boy in my dream. But he was, he was maybe, Yeah, he was maybe a teenager now. So weird, right?
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So here's a thought, um, or a question, I guess. What what do you think memory is?
0: Phew. My memory from the life I've lived.
1: Just memory... Just memory in general, I guess. Do you do you think it's something like pulling a book off a shelf, where you're Mm. uh, gathering something from somewhere?
0: It could be, but I also feel like memory could be changed or memory can be different than what it actually was originally. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure that if, if memory could be created?
1: Yes, that was my question.
0: I think so. I think we can be tampered with, if that's where you're going.
1: Well, sometimes I just wonder if memory is a, a creative force rather than a recalled one.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like I feel like our mind and our memory and our thoughts can be Influenced by so many things that I don't feel one hundred percent certain about any of it, personally.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree with you there. Yeah, I think Um, that's a good thing.
0: Yeah. It would seem as though I am monopolizing a bit the conversation in this episode. And that's because a lot of what was recorded on Pacho's end, I couldn't use. Um, There was some tech issues with his Wi-Fi connection. And as a result, um, you're going to hear a lot of what I have to say about things. And I'm hoping that we can have Pacho back and we can further discuss a lot of these topics that we weren't able to get a clear recording of uh, mentioning this time. Would you like to talk about your psychic connection with plants? We're kind of talking about that, but with I'm um,
1: yeah. I would
0: love to hear your thoughts.
1: Okay. Well. Let's see. Do, do plants talk to you? Yes. As just a general question. Yes. Okay. And do plants do plants talk to you in words like we do? No. I agree. So for me, plants talk to me uh, visually, I guess. Mm-hmm. There's a sentience there too, you know, something that I feel. Um, but that's that's usually how. I'll connect is visually. So I, I work with plants a lot because I'm a gardener, and particularly um, when I'm when I have to prune a tree. I I will stop and I'll just look at the tree. And I'll see the tree in its treeness. I don't really know how else to say it other than I'll I'll like look at the tree and I'll, I'll see the trunk I'll see all the branches I'll see how the trunk connects to the branches and then all of a sudden it's like they all come together and they kind of start to vibrate together and then that's when it's like ah okay there you are tree now we're now we're talking to each other and then from there the tree will show me what it wants or what's possible and then I kind of don't really have to think about what I'm doing much. It's just my hands and my eyes know what to do. And before we know it, the tree is pruned and it's happy and it looks super amazing. I mm-hmm. mean, that's how I would give an example of, yeah, having a psychic connection
0: Is it more so with trees or with plants in general?
1: With plants in general, but I I have that specific connection with the trees. uh, Because that's a big part of how I make my living, actually. Um, I have certain clients who call me every year, year after year to come and talk with their trees so to speak
0: oh i love that
1: because they love to see what happens and so i if i look and if i listen all the plants will talk but uh, trees in particular do you does it ever seem to you or has it in the past where maybe maybe anything and everything can talk in that same sort of way yeah. Like um, dirt or water or a piece of garbage. Yeah, even things that aren't pretty or seemingly alive. <clears throat> that they kind of talk in their own sort of way too.
0: I feel like once I get past um, trees, plants, minerals, rocks and such, I don't feel it with like paper or quote-unquote garbage or machinery so much. Um, I know a lot of people do, but for me, I don't sense it. Yeah. But water for sure. Crazy water. Yeah. Especially... um, like stillish kind of water like lake or even gently running water like streams or creeks and the ocean too but it's Mm -hmm. almost so powerful i can't get a clear like conversation it's more just like a overwhelming um emotion with the ocean for example what's the loudest for you is it is it trees
1: um Trees, especially when trees, on a hill or a mountain, the mountain that is talking. Then, but the trees are a part of it, and see the trees growing. Mm. I mean, mountains and trees talk the loudest to me. Where they they seem to sing with the with the sky above them.
0: That doesn't surprise me.
1: They sing together. The trees, especially when they're on like a hill or a mountaintop. So when the two of them are together. Okay. That's when um, trees are in particular, if they're on a, a mountaintop or a mountain or hills.
0: So it's like they're activated by by the elevation? Do you think so?
1: I think that's a part of it.
0: Like great spirit lives in high places.
1: Wow. I can relate to that.
0: I'm a little afraid of heights though.
1: <laughs> that seems
0: <laughs> You do?
1: I get afraid of heights. Especially when I'm...
0: And you like ski and snowboard, too.
1: It can be terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, I do. But I still get weirded out by it.
0: You're facing your fears.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I I like being a little closer to the sun as well. So Even though it weirds me out, I, I like to go up. I like to go
0: to high places. I've seen your Instagram feed with all of your mountainous treks and such. And I think, oh my gosh, I'm already dizzy. I wasn't always afraid of heights, you know. It came on suddenly. Uh I used to not be afraid of heights at all. I can recall the exact time when I started to become afraid of heights.
1: I just had a memory, actually, Um, in Washington State, we have Grand Coulee Dam, which is this gigantic cement dam uh, that dams up the Columbia River and turns into Lake Roosevelt. And when I was a kid, we used to drive through there all the time on our way to this little town called Omak, where my grandma was. And back then... Uh, you could drive across the top of the dam and you could even stop and get out and look over the edge. And it's huge, right? Well, there was this one time I remember we were driving across Grand Coulee Dam and we got out and you could walk right up to the edge and look over it. Oh, gosh. And my intended oh, to push me over the edge and then caught me at the very last second. Yes. And it scared the bejesus out of me. Oh. <laughs> uh. Cause it's like three hundred feet down. Right. There's there's no coming back. I think if you were to go over. And that that's not something I've thought of in a long time. Yeah. It. Now that I think about it, when that feeling is still very similar. If I'm way up in a tree, or if I'm climbing a ladder, which I have to do a lot, I get that tingly feeling in my tummy. It's kind of like butterflies, but it's a little different. Kind of goes up my Mm back. Yeah, it's very similar, I think. To
0: Grand Coulee Dam, Dam. (laughs) did you in? That's funny. Oh my gosh! My phobia kicked in when I was twenty nine. I was um, in this really steep cliff on the Big Island, actually, of Hawaii. And was looking over at this ocean, I think it was in the north side of the island, and just looked down, because I wasn't afraid of heights. And as soon as I looked down over this edge, all of a sudden, the water came rushing up to me, and I, you know, was disoriented, got that vertigo feeling of like, I'm going to fall, and completely disoriented, like up was down, down was up. And um, I did almost fall because it was really steep and, you know, wasn't wearing good shoes to be trucking anyway. But um, all I could do was just sit down and I just turned over onto all fours and climbed, (laughs) crawled up the mountain and um, was in a cold sweat and found this tree. And was like hanging on to the tree, even though I wasn't in danger of falling. I hung on to this tree for dear life and caught my breath. And the people I was with were like, are you okay? <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> No, <laughs> I'm having a panic attack.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm suddenly terrified no. of heights <laughs> and it's, it's steep heights too. It's not just heights, but it's if I'm in a steep incline, right. I don't like that either. But I'm like you. I definitely am afraid and do it anyway. You know, I don't let it rule my life. That's for sure. But it is there. Right. Yeah, you won't find me bungee jumping. Although I did zip line in Thailand a few years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm never doing that again.
1: Oh. <laughs> nice. <laughs>
0: I actually went ziplining over water because I thought what's the worst that could happen if I fell in the water, but it was still scary. <laughs> I didn't like it. Oh. <laughs> Would you consider yourself an animist?
1: Um, in a sense, I I think some of the ways I see things and think about things could yeah could definitely fit in there. A part of that is well, it makes me wonder um, if I if I'm Seeing things or experiencing things that there must be something there interacting with me, or or how else would I really be experiencing anything? Because it doesn't feel like a dead universe to me, it feels uh, very alive and very playful.
0: In the Mayan astrology, you're a monkey, a blue monkey, and a four monkey, right? Four, blue, f- right. toned four. The key words of the monkey is, is magic and the play, playfulness, and also illusion. So interesting that that would be the lens that you view the universe with. <laughs>
1: It is interesting
0: right <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it is because then in a way it kind of brings it back around to the beginning where maybe in a sense it's all a kind of psychic connection and that's just whether what you choose to listen to because it seems to listen and Mm-hmm. Feedback.
0: what do you think of when I say prayer or intention is our talking to the universe and synchronicity is how it responds
1: well that's when I like to say that the dream is listening
0: it was interactive for sure but,
1: and then- <laughs> yeah it's definitely interactive yeah it makes me smile because it's sometimes it's kind of absurd and it's yeah it's good to laugh at
0: there's a book called the world is as you dream it essentially about ayahuasca and shamanism but um and it's a good book uh john perkins i think I read it a long time ago but the title stuck with me that the world is as you dream it and part of the focus of the book was that we as a collective need to dream a new dream. Mhm. I relate to that. Maybe now more than ever. I need to dream a new dream.
1: Yeah. of... Yeah. Part of dreaming a new dream is you have to forget the old one.
0: I think that what you're saying about the psychic connection amongst people and plants and animals and essentially everything in our interactive world and universe, we viewed things as alive or sentient. We wouldn't trash it.
1: I think that's a great way to look at it, because mm, then, then you, well, then you have a choice in the matter, and it may not always be a seemingly big, important choice, but uh, if you kind of look at everything, is that it? It has some, it has some meaning some kind of communication, then then chances are you you might be able to dream a different dream.
0: Were you raised in any form of religion, Pacho?
1: Sort of. I I guess I was raised a Catholic, kind of on my grandma's behalf. Because my mom growing up was just kind of more or less forced into being a Catholic. So it's not like either of my parents were really putting any of that onto me. It was kind of more like, in a way, they didn't want to upset grandma. So us kids kind of had to go along with all that. So yeah, I went to church as a Catholic quite a bit as a kid. And then just as I got older, I just kind of had the option more and more not to and so eventually just stop going altogether i would say i've ever really been strongly anti-religious or anti-catholic in any sort of way and in even more recent times i've been a little bit interested in it
0: in catholicism
1: partially yeah Catholicism in particular uh, I mean part of that's just a, a lot of the conversation that has come up a lot over the past year or two of the the paganness and the magicalness in Catholicism uh, that side of it and how my grandma she's she's still pretty uh, devout for lack of a better word. But when I, when I talk to my grandma, I kind of realize how magical she is in her own, does that make sense?
0: Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. To me, she's magical. And I mean for her she she gets it through church and being a catholic but that's that's not necessarily what what makes her magical there's these these subtleties that come through cuz she's she's almost 90 now and she's a capricorn and she's she's going strong she lives by herself up in Priest Lake, Idaho, and she travels during the winter time, and she kind of does what she wants, and, she, <laughs> and she's she doesn't take any crap from anybody. Wow! Well. But um, I talk to Grandma all the time, and well, I can kind of see a big part of why why she is still going strong is because well, what she calls God and saying prayers to me gets kind of converted into the fact that she practices her willpower and her intent mentally and spiritually which in turn, makes her a very magical person.
0: So cool. I was raised Catholic and went to 12 years of Catholic school myself. Uniforms and nuns and (laughs) all of it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Wow. I was... uh... (laughs) i was actually i was at my grandma's house this weekend in idaho and she had this hilarious book it's just this little like coffee table book little tiny book and it's (laughs) called nuns having fun and it's all these old old pictures of nuns completely out of character uh doing all kinds of different things like going fishing shooting guns riding roller coasters bumper cars Mm -hmm. smiling and laughing uh going in the ocean in their garb and i i loved it it was such a fascinating weird little book to to see all these nuns being
0: yeah nuns on the run (laughs) having fun (laughs) Oh my goodness. I had one nun that was my advisor when I was, I think a freshman and, um, she was a pistol. She was from, I think Missouri, maybe St. Louis. And she had that hilarious accent and she would call cork cark. <laughs> it was so funny, but she would, um, you know, it was all girls school And occasionally we would have like the odd maintenance man come through, you know, and one time I'll never forget this. We were in the middle of our mentor advisor session and, um, this young, handsome, um, maintenance man came in to fix something that they had ordered. They needed fixed, And he was like, sorry to interrupt, ladies. And she was like, oh, no, by all means. And she was salvating for this guy in his, you know, in his tight work pants and T-shirt rolled up with, you know, the cigarettes on the side, like typical, like brawny, whatever. And I looked at her and I said, sister, (laughs) I couldn't believe, you know, scandalous, (laughs) El scandalo. And she looked at me and she said, sweetheart, just because I'm fasting doesn't mean I don't know what's on the menu. And winked. She openly Uh, admitted, look, we have a libido. It's not like, you know, no one's pretending anything here, but she's not going there. It doesn't mean she doesn't admire a handsome man or doesn't mean that she's not feeling something you know when she's <laughs> seeing him <laughs> uh-huh. but i had never really thought about it before i just assumed they put the habit on and check out and that was not the case according to her at least yeah i know
1: well, that's great well that's that's kind of that's kind of the thing about that whole book. <laughs> nuns having
0: fun. A... It's hilarious.
1: <laughs> yeah, just because they've chosen to be mysterious and abstinent and avow poverty and everything that doesn't mean that they're, they're
0: yeah. There was um two nuns that left the order in my four years of high school. Um they wore full habits and everything, you know, top to bottom. Um, and two of them left while I was in high school and the, I had a homeroom teacher and um, she was also the physics and chemistry teacher. And she always had on goggles lifted over her um, habit. So she looked like she was about to go scuba diving. It was it was so funny. She was a character, but um, she'd often have those goggles on. But she came into the homeroom one day, and she was so upset, almost crying. And we had this old typing teacher. And I thought, uh, Sister Ernestine went to, you know, she's on God's front porch now. And Sister Jude came in and, like, wiped her eyes. And we all kind of was like, oh! <gasps> like who passed away, you know, and not the case. Sister so-and-so, I forget, had left the order, had decided to, you know, move on. And the nuns, it it was like someone died. It was just such a heavy vibe about it. And um, I remember feeling like, well, good for you. You know, I kind of felt like, she had liberated herself was kind of my feeling but it's free will you know sign sign up as free will and you choose to you've had enough of that that's your free will but they were all really upset about it you don't have to stay yeah thank you so much pacho for taking time to talk with us
1: thank you navier this was fun turns out okay there's been a lot of roboting and stuff.
0: Yeah, but there's a, a lot of roboting, but hopefully I'll be able to salvage some of it.
1: All right. I'm learning how to speak robot and and telepathically because I didn't really hear much of what you just said, but I think I understand completely. Oh, no. This, is, this has been super fun, and thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much. We'll talk again soon. Much love and aloha. Ahui ho. thanks for stopping by this is Navier Alora I am a natural born clairvoyant medium and a lifelong experiencer of the weird I'm a certified energetic herbalist a Reiki master teacher since 1999 a pagan priestess a world traveler and a wandering witch I offer psychic tarot readings and mediumship, Akashic Record, past, and parallel life consultations, distant Reiki healings, Mayan astrology charts, and witch school. Check out my new Patreon page at patreon.com backslash awanderingwitch to support me and my works and this podcast and to receive all sorts of goodies like monthly Astroterra forecasts, my Astrology Wave Spell Updates, Full Moon Reiki Ritual Boosts and Guided Meditations, One-on-One Witch School, and exclusive content only available to my patrons. A big thank you and musical credit to Julia Kulmas, and a huge shout-out and lots of love to my patrons. Your support means the world. Check out my website, awanderingwitch.com, my Facebook fan page A Wandering Witch and my Instagram at A double underscore wandering double underscore witch. A ho witches until we meet again stay weird.